Tim Salmon. I'd like to have a quick word about uh, public radio, particularly 3CR. The thing about public radio is that it's more open than the more formatted types of radio to what's going on around it. So when you listen to it, you're more likely to hear a reflection of real life. And 3CR being in the heart of Smith Street, Collingwood, is a particularly good example of what I'm talking about. If you'd like to uh, subscribe, the number is 94198377. You've been listening to the sand You could never understand Feel the fortune flowing you know I ride because I am addicted to the endorphins and to the adrenaline. I ride because the second my legs start turning circles, I become a happier person. I ride because I love the feel of the wind on my face and listen to the birds and the bugs. I ride because it stabilises my life and creates balance. I ride because going downhill at 40 miles an hour makes me feel wild and free. I ride because I can't cry and pedal at the same time. I ride because it allows me to play with the boys. I ride because I can go alone. I ride because even though I have ridden the route a thousand times, I never know what is around the next bend. Emily Catcherick. Well, we know. Time to work it out? Yes, it is 2023, and you're listening to the Yarrabunk Radio Show here on Radical Radio 3CR. Podcasting, streaming, or listening on that transistor in the kitchen. Faith and I are on the tandem bicycling to another new year <laughs> of cycling trivia, cycling fun, cycling ephemera, everything known to the t- world of two wheels. Welcome, Faith, back to another start of a new year. <laughs> Thank you, Val, and welcome uh, back to you on the, uh, back on the dials. Back on the dial. Straight oh, in the deep end. Straight into the deep end. <laughs> Throw that switch, the red light comes on, all your insecurities disappear and you just keep talking. Ah, <laughs> oh, what a great, um, beautiful morning here in Melbourne, I've got to say. It was beautiful riding in. Already quite warm. Already quite warm. We're used to this, you know. I think uh, I read that we're about to have a normal summer for the rest of summer. I'm going to hold you to that quote at some stage (laughs) during the year, you know. (laughs) And uh, the early mornings with, you know, a little bit of heat before 10am is a bit unusual for us. 
I, I'm not too sure whether I've had a week like it where I could get absolutely drenched in a thunderstorm and then two days later putting sunscreen on. It has really been, uh, it has been a bit of a yo-yo, but that's what Melbourne's famous for. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Usually it would be the other way around. You'd be either putting sunscreen on and building heat and then the big cool change with yes. the rainstorm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, we're here to, uh, you know, go through that cycling. That's a, um, I know I've read that uh, lovely little uh, screed off Emily Katrick, uh at least once before in the last eight years. Um but uh, look, I just every time I read it, I think we can talk about cycling and why we do it in a lot of different ways, uh, you know. But sometimes it's just about that individual idea of what actually I feel like sitting on a bike. Uh, and I think she sums it up. And for somebody who is a professional road racer, professional cyclocross person, um, She's uh, squid bikes, it I think it is. They're the very engaging little ditty, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm, I didn't realise how easily it blended in with I'm on the road to nowhere <laughs> and I'm got, riding the same route a thousand times and I still don't know what's around the next corner. It's lovely, you know, summing up what it feels like to ride a bike is uh, it can be tough, I think. And, and, and it's also something that seems to be fairly universal like no matter where you're coming from and what type of riding you do and it it could be you know if you talk to someone about the trip riding to school especially as kids or um touring or racing or like it doesn't really matter what sort of cycling someone's doing and what bike they're doing and where they're doing it there's these universal elements about the the feeling it engenders in people it's it's it is i mean i've been reading out quotes from 1890 to (laughs) 2022 over all these years and most of them touch on that exact same thing yeah you know yeah Really, yeah, it, and that hasn't changed despite all the technology and yep. um, everything else around it changing. Yeah, you know that's uh, that's the the thing that remains the same. Yeah, and um, looking at uh, you know the wind in your face. I'm riding past Fitzroy Gardens this morning, and and there is one of the biggest Persian lilac trees I've seen ever, and it is in full bloom, and. That smell of honey as you ride past. I'm, I don't. I should actually. I'll blend into my bike moment here. Actually, um, that that's one of them. And you and I have spoken a lot about the, <clears throat> the lovely jacarandas around Melbourne. That beautiful thing that comes out lasts for about for three or four weeks and then disappears for another year. Um, one along one of my routes is uh, down alongside the river, but um, at one spot of it. There's a quite new plantation. I'd say the trees are probably, they've got to be about 20 years old, but um, all planted in a group and all lemon-scented gum trees, which for eight, nine, ten months of the year, you ride past. Yes, they're lovely gum trees. But the last two weeks, as the heat's got up and they've started to shed their bark, it is like riding through a perfumery, if that's a word. <laughs> you just, it is really, I'm trying to work out how you could, you could really do a a smell map or, you know, yep. olfactory map, I presume <laughs> would be the right word, of parts of Melbourne. Yeah. 
especially it said just they're just there for a little while. Yeah. Then they go away. Yeah. Um, and it's and then you'd have the the uh, Abbotsford Breweries experience. <laughs> you know what? I was riding here on the way in, and I'm thinking, yes. I mean, how could you do it? And that was the second thing that popped into my so... mind. Because when that wind used to blow a different yeah. way, that smell of malted barley used to invade the whole of those suburbs. Yeah, and yeah. Really quite wonderful, yeah. actually. Yeah. yeah. I guess we should be grateful there's no longer tanneries lining the river there. Uh, correct, <laughs> yes. Um, well. Because that stretch of river actually does, when you're riding along the bike path there, get um, that can smell quite wonderful on a warm day. Yeah, just yeah. That, um, just south of the breweries. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, um, in a lot of ways, it's a bit pristine. In a mm. lot of ways, they're... I mean, I've had a – sometimes yeah, I have a look. Hard to find a remnant tree along there until you get a little bit further up yeah, to Dwight's yeah. Falls. But in a lot of ways, it, it, it plots a history along there. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's – not to get too far away from it, there's a, a very old orange Osage tree, which is not a native, obviously, um, that is um, still alive. They're just on a – Little Peninsula out into the Yarra where the Swan Street Bridge crosses um, the Yarra. Mm-hmm. And the first little hut built on what was then called Survey Park uh, was for the hovel to survey Melbourne. And it was planted in his backyard. Yeah. So nothing else is left there. Just the tree. And that was the first thing that was there. And then they obviously moved away from it. But that tree is still there, still going yep. strong, still marking it. Um, whereas then you walk around and try and find a remnant river gun mm. and there's probably one left. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they're, look, they're markers and like I said, that riding past those lemon-scented gums, it just, uh, it is really a lovely, they're just little homeopathic little touches <laughs> of, of smell, like the Persian lilacs. Yes, I, uh, yeah. I'll have yeah. to do a bit of study and work out why they're called Persian lilacs anyway. <laughs> um, do you have a bike moment to share with it? You've been away riding the... Um, I have a, a bike moment. On Yesterday we went for a ride, a gravel ride around Romsey, mm. um, which was very, very nice, very pretty, just lovely rolling yep. hills past the uh, CFA and a couple of trucks. They were out um, checking their gear and water and uh, but pretty much saw almost no one on the gravel roads and it was almost all gravel. But the bike moment I think would be um, Monument Road. Was it, There was about a six-kilometre very gentle descent, so you didn't have to do any work or thinking. Yeah. Um, and it was one of those roads where the trees on either side form an arch. Yeah. And it was just warming up. So it was a beautiful, shady, yeah. just rolling down and it went on forever, ever and ever. It was really nice. The only thing was I had put too much air in my front tyre. So it wasn't as relaxing as it could have been. <laughs> it was a bit like <laughs> But um, And a... Beautiful spot to ride, and we finished in Romsey um, and had not noticed that all the cafes close at 1 o'clock. So uh, yep. missed out 
uh, on that. But bought fish and chips, which were very good. Um, and while we were eating them, sitting on a bench in a little parklet thing, noticed again, getting back to trees, this magnificent magnolia. Uh-huh. Absolutely. And, and flowering. Oh, well, yeah, a little microclimate. Maybe, slow, maybe, yeah. maybe he was facing south. He was yeah. sort of bounded by buildings on two sides and maybe he, maybe he was facing south. But, um, yeah, really um, beautiful spot for riding mm-hmm. and um, a really nice moment rolling down Monument Road. I can highly recommend it. There we go. <laughs> now, we'll be back with a little bit of news and a little bit of ride report and a little bit of that ephemera that we were talking about. <laughs> Yarrabug would like to thank our sponsor, Vacro's Second Chance Cycles, for their financial support. Second Chance Cycles is a fantastic community workshop that recycles bikes, trains people in bike mechanics and sells bikes to the local community. If you have a healthcare card, they'll give you a bike free of charge. To find out more, search for Vacro online or drop into the underground car park, Harmsworth Street, Collingwood, any Tuesday or Thursday. And you're back listening to the Yarrabug Radio Show with Faith and Val. Um, Just touching on couple of brief news items. Um, one of them is about for those who use the upfield path. Oh, yes. uh, the Brunswick end of that, there's a Skyrail project going ahead uh, over the course of this year and next. And as because of that, there have been intermittently um, closures of sections as investigations into soil and other aspects are being done. So one of those has been announced. Uh, the upfield will be closed between Hope and Victoria Streets from the 16th of January to the 21st. So that is next Monday. Uh, so for most of that week and um, because they're testing soil for ahead of that um, Skyrail project. There are detours in place, one on each side of the uphill, so they'll probably work really well for depending on the direction you're travelling. Um, those will be in place between Bow Street, Ballarat Street and Oven Street to the east and via Percy Street and Luxway to the west. Uh, and we'll post a link to a map of that detour, but just something to keep in mind. The poor old uphill, I mean, we had... Two years of it being a huge chunk being closed with the Coburg project and once that reopened you thought that was it but sections of that have been closed for um, sections to be redone and then particularly in the Brunswick end with the developers always building alongside there's a section closed at the moment just north or a very narrow section just north of Albion Um and yeah, this will be next week. So, which one's hope that's closest to the city? Probably one or two back from Brunswick Road, is it? No, it's north of Victoria. Oh, yeah, yep, no, yep. Yeah. So, um, just south of the traffic lights on Sydney Road, outside the IGA. I gotcha. So yeah. just as you're halfway up the hill. Yeah. Yep. 
And that's about it. Look, there's a lot of news. So we had the racing on the weekend, the nationals, and obviously coming up in South Australia um, is the Tour Down Under. But um, I think um, more than we can cover today. So uh, maybe have a look at your other sources to catch up in detail on all that. And it was a hot day yesterday in Bunyong, so, um, but lots of exciting racing. Uh, yes. yeah. um, look, the um, only other news thing I'm, I'm going to chip in is plenty of new bikes for Christmas, bike, bike, bikes everywhere. I've read a, over the last couple of weeks, I've read a couple of interesting articles on bike theft. I've got to say, I really hate talking about this. But um, it's interesting to see the dynamics of it. Um, looking at all the uh, figures from, say, the US, England, Netherlands, Germany, Australia, we're not anywhere close to being, up, no. being a, a really high thing. I think it's only about 7,000 bikes a year in Victoria get nicked. The thing they all seem to have in common is you don't... Um, uh, you're very unlikely to get anything back. Um, I think it's in England, it's about 98% go unsolved. Here it's down to about 92%. I think it's even less in America. Um, but just interesting to watch the rise and fall of it. And then virtually, I think just because motor car theft is getting less and less a little bit, that... Uh, on pure numbers, bicycle theft will probably overtake it at some stage. But the it's just interesting to watch how it comes. I try to I probably read more into oh I'm sorry, I probably read more into these things that um, than I should. Um, but look there are a couple a couple of interesting or good suggestions are do a bit of research about how to lock your bike up. There are ways to do it, there are ways not to do it. Make sure you record your serial number of your bike. Be careful about what you do. There's plenty of information on this. Um, you don't have to be unlucky, I don't think, in a lot of ways. I think um, you can be just unlucky, but it's nothing to get too crazy about. Yeah, and I think um, another uh, thing you can do is list your bike on Bike Vault. Do that before it gets stolen. Yep. And that's with... Clear photos, your serial number and all those details. Uh, and then if your bike pops up for sale anywhere, then um, there's a good chance someone will pick up that yeah. it's been stolen. Um, and even if you haven't done that and your bike is stolen, you can still go and pop it up on Bike Fault so it's yeah. it's there. And um, I know Brunswick Police Station have a, a day every year where you can go and check out the bikes they've retrieved and they have literally hundreds. Yeah. And I do know people whose bike have been able to find their F bikes. But again, you need a good clear photo and you need a serial number or something that Identify. someone who just rocks up wouldn't know. Yeah. Just to make sure they, they want to know they're giving it to the original owner. So, um, yeah. Yeah, if um, worth checking with your local police station if they yeah. do that but get it get those details listed and registered somewhere yeah um 
and from, look, it's a while. So from my experience, things like bike, bike vault have been a, a game changer in a lot of ways um, because it stops at the way to get rid of them. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it, it does. And people do pick up, um, you know, when a, a bike's listed on Marketplace or something that's clearly the person selling it clearly doesn't know much about it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there is some chance you'll get it back but yeah as you said it's it yeah. doesn't often happen and I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say this although i presume if you're pinching bikes you're in a pretty desperate position anyway um but if you want to see the damage it does to uh, somebody it's a great old italian film from deseca <laughs> who started a whole yeah. way of making films and what does it focus on the destruction of one family through the theft of one bicycle. Yes. You know, yeah. um, and that paved the way for a, a completely. Martin Scorsese is a direct line from the bicycle thief. <laughs> <laughs> An interesting part of the history there. Um, oh, that's a little bit of news, but um, keep the, get, get the serial number, get it on the bike vault, give yourself some sort of way of having a bit of peace of mind or and then the ability to actually do something about it after it happens. Yep. Yeah. Moving on. Moving on. Um, just before we all went on a break, I went for a bike ride uh, somewhere I've never been before riding uh, in South Australia and that was um, the Lavender Trail, ah. which I'd never heard of. Another olfactory trail. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, no. Oh, no, because actually they're not out <laughs> at the moment. Uh, well, no, it's not named after the plant. Oh. Yeah. Yep. Um, so the Lavender Trail is established as a hiking route, um. and it goes from Clare to Murray Bridge. Oh, that's a bit of a trip. So for walking, it takes about two and a half weeks. Yep. And it was established by Mr. Lavender. Ah. But some local riders have taken the initiative since a lot of it is on these back gravel roads and occasionally then it will cross a stile and go off through the bush. But they've So they've gone and found routes all on gravel roads yep. or dirt roads and even some single track so you can do the same approximate but by bike. And tech, in theory, the trail runs from Murray Bridge to Clare, but most people do it Clare to Murray Bridge because it's slightly downhill. Yeah. Um, so we, I caught up with a friend and uh, we went and did that. And I, I think from the website, like the whole ride is about 310 kilometres um, and they, you know, some people do it in two days the website has a couple of different versions. We chose the four-day one. Yeah. Uh, and we took tents and everything. There are towns with pubs and other accommodation and that. But um, So we did a mixture. Um, and looking at the website and the descriptions, there's a lot of photos and things. And I, I really underestimated how interesting it would be. It really looked like it was going to be lovely, yeah. but maybe day after day of rolling gravel roads. And, and maybe you would, by the second part of day two, be thinking, this is all getting a bit same-same. <laughs> but it is not, any single day will have yeah. 
a lot of variety in it. Yeah. And um, we arrived there just after South Australia and Victoria had had some dreadful weather. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of the roads were in very bad condition because yep. they, had, like us, it had a very wet spring and winter. Um, and that made it really quite fun and interesting. Some of these roads, you know, your GPX route is heading off across what looks like a paddock with waist-high weeds. Yeah. And, and there is a road under there, but obviously no one has used it um, because he, because I think the winter and spring were so wet, even walkers and cyclists weren't using wet, them. Yeah. Um, and then others are just beautiful Tuscany-like rolling hills of yep. gorgeous gravel and others were like mountain bike tracks. And then at the end there's, I, I can't remember, was it 15 or 20 k's of lovely flowy single track? Yeah. Um, so... I've, Really good variety of uh, um, surfaces to ride on. And we got a little bit of that terrible red mud. Oh, yeah, the, yeah. That slow, I think, you know, took two hours to do five kilometres since that got everywhere. But um, most of that had dried out, thankfully. Yeah. It was uh, very special, so well worth taking and, a look at. And not too crazy climbing-wise, no. No, I think... So we did – the first day we did 65 kilometres to uh, – I can't even remember the name of this town. There was nothing there, nothing. Yeah. Um, and we camped in the playground and that was 900 metres of climbing. Yeah. Um, the second day, we, we weren't sure why they suggested it's such a short day, but that was 44 kilometres, but it had to – 18, 20% climbs, not long, but yep. very steep to be pushing your bike up, loaded yep. bike. Um, yep. And so that was 44 kilometres, but 900 metres again. The next day was 85 kilometres, but 900 metres. So not all, I think over the 300 kilometres, there's about 4,000 metres. Yeah. So yeah. just sort of mostly and, – and it got – it started off rolling but a bit pinchy now and then. Yep. And it got more and more rolling yeah. as you headed south. But nothing that requires a, uh, an awful lot of training. And, um, no. Yeah. Um, and they um, set up along the way to help cyclists. As an, I mean, I presume it's a sort of like a little destination um Winery, well, yeah, Claire's winery. Yeah, we that. passed a few wineries. So the the cycling, the walking trail's been established for a long time. The cycling thing is fairly new. Yeah. Um, when we arrived somewhere and whatever pub or bakery and said we're doing the lavender trail, everyone knew about it. Um, and they'd obviously seen other cyclists doing it. Yeah. You do... You know, if you were wanting to do 30 or 40 kilometre days, you might struggle to f find always somewhere to stay uh, to, yeah. or buy food. Um, if you didn't want to camp, if you always wanted accommodation, you would sort of have to plan that. Yeah. Um, but, and, and, you know, some of the days you're reasonably remote while you are yeah. on the ride. Um but no, very. You could chop it up any way you want, really, um, yeah. with a bit of 
work and uh, um, really, really pretty ride and I think underappreciated because um, never heard many people talking about it. So well worth checking out. If you Google the Lavender Trail Cycling, yep. um, if you leave out cycling, you will just get all the, the stuff about trip. the walking one because yep. that's much more established. Um, then you can have a look at the website and uh, all the details. And a nice bit of history. Claire, Barossa Valley, early settlements. Beautiful stone houses. Yep. The trail makes a little detour through every town and every stone church. And you start off being amazed and by the end you're whizzing past and going, not another stone church. <laughs> <laughs> they, they do like churches. <laughs> they do. Oh, and, a, and they are gorgeous, a, don't get me wrong. Gorgeous. But <laughs> ten stone churches a day is a bit much. <laughs> Well, you're never far away from God, so you, 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 you know you're in the land of peace. Uh, 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 look, that sounds a part of the world where, you know, we don't sometimes don't think about it here in Victoria. Um, no, no. Uh, and not all that far away. And you can there's a special bus that will take you and your bike from the centre of Adelaide to Clare, and then there's ah. another bus that will take you and your bike from Murray Bridge to Adelaide. Um, and, you know, this, the return trip from Murray Bridge to Adelaide is slightly less convenient bus arrangement and it will only take a couple, but you, you can work it out. So yeah. um, that's also quite handy. And Murray Bridge is not on the train line, is it? Uh, look, there was a think... station. Yeah. 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 So um, we didn't really look into that. We just saw the bus and thought we'll do that. But and, and also you could possibly work out a nice riding route maybe. Yeah. No. Well, I think that's all we have got time for. Don't forget that all the presenters, including Faith and I, um, are amateurs and volunteers, (laughs) (laughs) and the station require, and the station runs on that. Um, And like we play at the top of the show, um, subscriptions always handy at three CR. And coming up next is she bop.